Good evening. Welcome to Legacy Battle. Please join us on YouTube, Facebook, iHeart, Spotify, and a Google Podcast as well. If you're interested in sponsoring a podcast, hit us up in the comments section. I am Michael Adams, creator of Legacy Battle. Here with me tonight from the Gridiron Battle Zone, Brian King, Penn State Collegiate All-Star Kevin Adams, Ball State athlete Paul Havocott. Special guest tonight is a former NHL defenseman who he went undrafted and he turned out to have a very solid NHL career. Played for the Maple Leafs, Sabres, and the Whalers. Greatest jerseys of all time right there, Hartford Whalers. But he's, of course, remembered for his time with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, 30, oh, my goodness, 30 years it's been since the trade that sent our guest, as well as Ron Francis and Alf Samuelson, to the Pittsburgh Penguins. It changed the franchise. It, it changed the way Penguin hockey was played. Went from no defense to a team that could play some defense. So, ladies and gentlemen, this man has fought Joey Koser, Ty Domi, Chris Simon, Rob Ray. He's two-time Stanley Cup winner, Grant Jennings. Thank you. For yeah. on. <laughs> Bobby Probert, you forgot him too. Probert, oh, okay. Man. Probert. That, wow. That takes That's some on guts. YouTube. Yeah. That's on YouTube. I'm going to have to find that one. Great. <laughs> Tonight, we're going to talk Penguins defense. We're going to vote twice. We're going to vote for the best offensive defenseman and the best defensive defenseman. So we're going to start with the offensive defenseman, and we're going to start it out with Paul Coffey. All right. It's my childhood, uh, one of my childhood favorites here. So born 6'1", 61 out of Weston, Ontario. is a 2004 Hall of Fame inductee, four-time Stanley Cup champ. Just unfortunate three of them with Edmonton, but you got one with Pittsburgh. And I think the rap on Paul Coffey is he was pretty ultra-aggressive, pretty speedy, but uh, offensive defenseman, he, he probably wanted to be an offensive offenseman. But uh, speedy Paul Coffey ranks second all-time among NHL defensemen in goals, assists, and points. Kind of shows where his heart is there on the offensive side. But uh, he's only behind Ray Bork. He was known for being extremely aggressive on the offensive side. He holds or shares 33 NHL records in the regular season and playoffs. And a couple of those awards and accolades are, uh, he's a three-time Norris Trophy winner for best defenseman, voted eight times to the All-Star game for, for his first team and for his second team, holds the record for the most goals by a defenseman at 48-1 season, and that's in the 85-86 season. He's the only defenseman to score 40 goals multiple times doing it in the 83 and 84 season. And one of the only two defensemen to score 100 points in a season more than one time, completing this five times. There was one person that did it six, and that was Bobby Orr. Um, in 2017, he was named as one of the 100 best hockey players of all time. And I think that a lot of people would go to him as just being a really, really valuable teammate. But what, you know, interestingly enough, I think people know he got to play with what I think are probably the two best players. I don't know if that's a consensus, but Wayne Gretzky and, and Mario Lemieux. And that's Paul Coffey. And Iserman and Lindros, <laughs> to name a few. Yeah. Yeah. Fastest skater I've ever seen. I swear he's as fast as Connor McDavid. I could be wrong, but it, it certainly seemed like it. Grant, the big knock on uh, Coffey was he, he couldn't really play defense that well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, when he was in Pittsburgh with me, um, we kind of considered him a rover, you know. I mean, um, so, but I mean, power play, you know, he was awesome. He'd bring the puck up, 
you know, you want to get him the puck to bring it up. Um, like you said, he was as fast as anybody in the league or faster. Um, yeah, I, I mean, in his own zone, you know, he might have been lacking for, you know, his defense. He made up for, you know, his, his physical play or lack thereof with his speed. And he got away with it, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, he was, you know, as you can see by the stats that was just stated there, you know, he was he was fun to play with. I mean, uh, you know, except when he took a lot of chances and he got caught up ice, you know, then be me back there on a two-on-one. But uh, but he was a great guy in the locker room, you know. He was, you know, had all that experience in Edmonton. And, you know, he brought, you know, he brought some good leadership with him, you know, in the locker room. As a stay-at-home defenseman myself, I, I totally understand what you're talking about on that, being left out to dry. Um, I'll just throw this about coffee. Well, this is just during his tenure with the Penguins because that's all I care about tonight. Minus, yeah. minus 50 on the plus-minus. Yeah. Minus. Yeah. Brian, yeah, you, you want to throw anything in? or? Actually, yeah, that stat uh, that you had just mentioned was the one that kind of shocked me. Uh he only played five seasons um, with Pittsburgh also, um, and having a minus 50, that's that's average minus 10 a year. Um, that, that just means that, you know, even with all of his points and in, in, in offensive ability, he left the back end to dry. And, you know, that's that's huge. That's, that's a pretty interesting stat, minus 50. Yeah, I felt that stat wasn't as pertinent to my argument. <laughs> All right, let's move on to Larry Murphy, someone that we know Grant is going to know very well, nicknamed Murph. You know, he came in the same year on a trade that, that, that Grant and Olfi and Ron Francis came over. He came over with Tagalanetti for uh, Jimmy Johnson and Chris Dawquist. You know, Murphy is kind of like the quiet, consistent player. No matter where he played, he was quiet and consistent. And of all the players we're talking about tonight, he has the highest plus-minus at 100, plus 102. That's just with his tenure on the Penguins. So that that is really good. Um, you know, he's third in power play goals by a defenseman. Only Coffee beats him in, in that category. Hmm. Highest well, shooting percentage for the Penguins of defensemen that we're talking about. Um, he obviously got the two Stanley Cups in Pittsburgh. He was a four-time All-Star with the Penguins. Top 10 in Norris Trophy voting four times with Pittsburgh. Um, and, of course, he's a Hall of Famer. You know, a lot of Hall of Famers, of course, we're talking about here tonight. You know, but as I was saying earlier, he, he was always kind of like the overlooked defenseman. Even his rookie year, he set the most points ever by an uh, NHL rookie defenseman, and he still didn't get rookie of the year. I mean, that, that's crazy. He, he beat Ray Bork's record, and he doesn't win rookie of the year. Um, and I think it's just because he was really quiet. Um you know, in the first Stanley Cup playoffs, 23 points in 23 games. I, I believe he's the prime reason that Craig Patrick might have felt coffee was expendable this, the second Stanley Cup run and could can move on from him. Um, but, you know, Murphy, he was flawless positioning, great hockey sense. Of course, he had the Murphy dump, which is where he would dump the puck up over the players, and it somehow would not pass that, that last crease line down there for the icing. It was just always amazing. Of course, he was always there for the big goals. He assisted on uh, Lemieux's game winner in game one against the Blackhawks. And, of course, the big goal by Ron Francis in overtime in the Rangers series when uh, Lemieux was out with injury, Mullen was out with injury, the, the Muskegon line was up. And, you know, Murphy was there when it counted for sure. So, Grant, this is this was your partner for a while. 
So, you know, give us your thoughts on Larry Murphy. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we, you know, they found, they put us together and it, it, it worked. So we gelled pretty well there. You know, we were starting a lot of games and um, we called him the poacher because, you know, he liked to take a little bit of chances. You know, we, you know, he'd poach in, pinch in a lot, but like you said, he had good hockey sense. He knew when to do it and when not to do it. I mean, you know, like, like again, I probably, you know, set a record for two on ones that year with Murph, you know, but I mean, but, it, you know, someone would get back usually, and, and uh, we just played well together. We were roommates on the road, so, I mean, he was kind of the opposite of me. I would go out for pizza and beer after the games, and he would go back and look at his stock market, you know, look at his stocks and stuff like that. But but um, as for a player, yeah, I mean, um, you know, the Stanley Cup runs, you knew exactly what you were going to get for him. He wasn't flashy, like you said, and – um, he wasn't flamboyant or anything like that. He was just solid, and uh, and um, you know he's still in the game. He's still, I think he's still commentating in Detroit, but I'm not sure. But, but anyway, yeah, he was a pleasure to play with, and uh, he was a great guy. Yeah. Bottom line, and and he, and he he seemed like he he would get people would jump on him for no reason. I mean, he was so quiet. Rarely hit anybody. But I remember yeah. game, uh, Stanley Cup playoffs game three, Chelios just jumps him from behind at the end of game three for, like, no reason. Yeah. Starts beating on the back of his head. You know, just, <laughs> well, they may, that's another reason they probably put me with him, too, you know, kind of look out for his ass a little bit. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I sure. thing I want to say was, uh, yeah. Yeah, to me, Larry Murphy, man, he just seemed so consistent. You didn't you, you didn't hear about him having a lot of bad games in a row. I mean, I, I actually can't think of a whole times a whole lot of times where he even had a bad game. He just seemed like it yeah. was you know he put his you know he put his helmet on, he went to work, and was consistent every single day. You know, every single night, just a very good. He didn't player. get hurt. He, he didn't get hurt a lot either. You know, I mean, yeah, I mean, like someone like me, you know, I was missing games every you know every ten games or something. like blow something up, you know, but probably because of the way I played. But Murph, you know, getting back to him, you know, if you look at the stats, he played all the games, you know, he never really got hurt. Very yeah. durable. Hey, quick question for Grant in regards Murphy to Murph. Didn't, we got Murphy from Minnesota North Stars that year that we right. played him in the Stanley Cup Finals. So did uh, he give you guys any, like, tips or advice going into that that series against Minnesota in, in the finals there? I mean, he would have known uh, the team coming over from them. I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. I mean, by that time of the year, I mean, he had been with Pittsburgh for, um, you know, quite a while. And, uh, you know, I don't think so. I mean, okay. we don't, you know, we, we, didn't, we didn't play them at all during the year, really. So at that point of the playoffs, it didn't really matter who we were playing that year. It was just who we were going to beat, you know. So, yeah. All right. Let's move on to Sergey Gonchar. All right, Sergey Gonchar. So he spent the first 10 years of his career uh, up in Washington, and uh, he was a real real thorn in the, in the Penguin side. Uh, he seemed to always come up big against the Pens. I, I remember um, uh, he, he scored on Barrasso one time, and uh, uh, I think it was in 96 in the playoffs. Again, you know, it just uh, – so, you know, you thought, okay, you know, if you can't beat him, join him. So we went ahead and we acquired Gonchar in 2005. Um, Gonchar, he was a decent defensive defenseman, but certainly known more for his offense. Um, he had a deadly slap shot uh, from the point. Uh, he also had a really good wrister, um, and he was just invaluable on the power play. Uh, in 2006-07, he 
He had the most assists by a defenseman uh, with 54. And he also, that season, he set two NHL records um, with total goals on the ice for uh, 151 and also the most power play goals on the ice for with 85. Uh, during his career with the Penguins, he had 322 games. He averaged 0.8 points per game. He had 37 power play goals, 11 game-winning goals, uh, 138 power play points, and three game-winning goals in the playoffs. Um, it was also Gonchar's job uh, to house and take uh, take Evgeny Malkin under his wing, uh, you know, his, his fellow Russian um, countrymen there. And and he really did a good job with that. I mean, he really helped uh, Malkin get acclimated. Um, that was, uh, you know, it was a, an extra added bonus to that investment that the Penguins made in Gonchar. Um, in 2008-09, uh, Gonchar, he, uh, he was playing well, and then he had a shoulder injury. And he missed 21 weeks of that season. Now, during that time, the Penguins slumped really badly, and they were out of a playoff spot. But then he returned with 25 games to go, played the rest of the season, and they rallied and got to the fourth seed. Um, and then he even made a comeback in the playoffs. He had a knee injury against the Caps, and he came back. He was back for game seven and helped them uh, advance past the Caps and all the way to – uh, you know, to the finals and, you know, and of course got the, uh, got the cup win over the hated Red Wings. So, uh, Sergey Gonchar, um, you know, to me, was just a great offensive defenseman, a guy that, that really, you know, was vital for the club and, and vital for that Stanley Cup run. So you mentioned Gonchar kind of nurtured Benny Malkin. Grant, you were around when Yager there was a rookie there. They had brought mm -hmm. in, uh, Yuri Herdina. Yeah, to, to kind of stabilize him. Did did do you think that like that was a big help for Yarmer? Because I know oh, it's yeah. been mentioned. Sure. Yeah, definitely was. Yeah, I mean, you know, Yuri had been in the league there. He's in Calgary with Badger, and you know, he had been in the league long enough to you know know when to tell Yags, you know, in Czech language, you know, settle down or smarten up, or <laughs> you know, can't do that, you know, or. You know, get another speeding ticket and you're going to jail, you know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. You know, I, I heard it. I saw it, you know. I mean, but anyway, yeah, I mean, definitely Yuri was a, a, a big part of, of um, you know, how Yags developed. And, you know, as he, we saw, like, he just won another championship yesterday, right? Yeah. He's still playing, you know. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. Does that surprise you he's still playing? Well... You know, I, I thought about that. I mean, I look at his age, and then, and then I, you know, I, I know what I felt like when I was fifty. You know, so yeah, it's quite surprising. You know, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I still play, you know, beer league once in a while, but to play at that level, I mean, but I mean, the way he used to work out, his lower body, you know, um, and stay after games and just do leg press after leg press and stuff and work on his lower body all the time, and that's why he's so durable is because because of that. I'm for sure. Paul, uh, Gonchar was definitely someone who got injured quite a bit. I mean, does that maybe hurt him a little bit today for being the best Penguins defenseman? Could. I mean, if you value taking care of your body or making smart decisions, I mean, that could play into it. But um, it just depends. You know, he went hard. And maybe that, you know, shows favor with his teammates because he gave it all. But, I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to attack you on the stat side. You know, you're going to have maybe a little bit lower stats. So, I don't think it values your team or helps your team being injured. 
So I'd lean more on probably that it would hurt, but I understand. All right. I disagree with that. Oh, oh, I disagree with that. Okay. So you can't help some of these injuries. Like the injury in the playoffs that he that he acquired, that was a, a dirty hit by Alex Ovechkin. It was a knee-to-knee hit that tore his MCL. He couldn't avoid that. That wasn't his fault. The hit that he got that injured him at the beginning of that season was a late hit by a Tampa Bay Lightning player that injured his shoulder. Some of the injuries you can't you, you can't avoid. But despite that, as of the 2009-2010 season, he had missed some time again because of an injury, but he still recorded a 50-point season. And that was his ninth 50-point season in the past 10 seasons. I loved Gonchar. Gonchar was a great player. His leadership... Oh. Was I don't blame important. him, though. I don't blame him for getting injured all the time, but it doesn't hurt your team but, if you don't yeah. have a if, – if But we you're were still talking, getting a 50-point season after if, missing if, extended if, time. If, if we were talking Boston Bruins right now and I said that Cam Neely was better than Phil Esposito, or, you know, nobody would think that because Neely was hurt all the time. Gonchar's leadership was what the Pens needed. When he came back, the whole city was excited – the team was excited. They rallied behind him. He helped carry the team into the playoffs. When he came back from the injury after Ovechkin hit him, they beat him in Game Seven, and they ended up winning the Cup that yeah. year. You he can was tell. A great player, player. Too, you know. He's not even my guy. He's not even my guy. So why would I be so gung ho about him? You can tell that you're younger than the rest of us. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> ah, whatever. <laughs> all right, let's move on to Latang. All right, yeah, Chris Latang is uh. It's my guy. I uh, actually named one of my kids after him. Um, what? Uh, he, was born, he was born in 87, uh, alternate captain for the Penguins currently. Uh, he was selected 62nd overall by the Pens in 2005. Uh, in, his, in his second full NHL season, Latang won a Stanley Cup with Pittsburgh, and then he ended up winning two more Cups in 16 and 17. So he's a three-time Stanley Cup champion, though one of those he was injured for the playoffs, but he still played during the regular season and helped – you know, guide them to get there. Um, so he played juniors in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League for three seasons. In his rookie season, he recorded 32 points, um, and he was named to the all-rookie team. His next season, he had 68 points in 60 games in the juniors and was on the first all-star team honors. In the NHL with the Penguins, he scored his first NHL goal in his third game against the King, Henrik Lundqvist. That's a pretty big feat. Uh, he played uh, the rest of that season, though, in the juniors, uh, he helped his team get to the finals in the juniors, and he had 31 points in the postseason. Latang did well in his rookie season with Pittsburgh. Uh, he was invited to the 2008 NHL Young Stars game. He completed uh, the season with 17 points, um, which wasn't, you know, too exciting for a rookie, but uh, that was the sixth best among rookie defensemen that year. Um, in 2008-2009, he had a 10-goal, 33-point season, leading all team defensemen, um, and he was also invited to his second NHL Young Stars game that year. Uh, Letang assumed a larger role with the club in 2010-2011. He was having one of the best career uh, years of his career. He was voted in as a starter for the NHL game that, that year in 2011. He had a career-high 50 points, 8 goals, 42 assists. Uh, Letang finished the season as the second-highest scorer for the Pens that season, right behind Sidney Crosby. Uh, Letang ended up making the 2012 All-Star roster. He played in 34 games in 2013-14 uh, before he ended up suffering a stroke. You know, this dude suffered a stroke at a young age, um, and, it, you know, it, it took him out that season, but he came back. Um, you know, he, he uh, in 2015-16, uh, after the stroke, uh, he was named to the Metropolitan All-Star team. Uh, 
He scored the cup-winning goal in Game 6 of the 2016 Finals. He became the fourth player in the NHL in history to record a point on all four game-winning goals in the Stanley Cup Finals and was named to the end-of-the-season second All-Star team. In October 2018, he recorded his 441st assist, setting a new Penguins franchise record for most points by a defenseman uh, on that. And in February of 2019, he passed Paul Coffey for most goals by a Penguins defenseman. He's a six-time All-Star. He has 134 goals, 443 assists, 577 points, almost by a defenseman in the franchise history of the Penguins. He has played his whole career with the Penguins. None of y'all players have, have done that. Um, Latang is currently a plus 76 for his career. He has 21 goals and 59 assists in 80 points in, a, in 136 playoff games. He's an all-around talent on defense. He has an amazing skating ability, terrific puck handling skills. He's got fantastic hockey sense and has a great skill of breaking out of the zone to start the offensive drive. He's a future Hall of Famer in my book. He has the stats. He has the cups. Some, you know, He does give up the puck sometimes, which I'm sure one of y'all is going to mention it. But he has the stats. He has the cups. He's still playing. He's a leader, future Hall of Famer, best offensive defenseman for the Penguins. 7,000 turnovers. Okay. So, you, you mentioned he came back from, from a stroke. That is incredible. Grant, you were there with Mario. Mario yeah. came back from cancer. Yeah. I mean, how hard do you think it is for a guy to come back from something like that? You saw uh, Mario well, do it. I mean, you know, I've I watched Chris. You know, I've met him a couple times. Or, you know, I actually, went after he suffered the stroke, I met him up in Mario's box. But, um, you know, I've watched him play and – you know, I didn't know all those stats that um, he just rattled off there, but just the way I see him play for the size of him, he actually will get in there and take a hit to make a play, which 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 registers with me quite quite a bit, you know. And he'll dish out hits for his size. That's what impresses me more about you know besides his offensive ability. That's that's you know that's a given. So. You know, he gets my vote, even though, you know, I'm an old school guy. But, but you know, the more I watch him play, the more he impresses me with his grit, you know, which you wouldn't think about getting that from a guy that small, uh, small stature. And uh, so anyways, um, yeah, coming back from a stroke and playing the way he does, is, it's, it's very impressive. Brian, you are one of the biggest Latang haters I know. So I'm going to give you a, a minute to throw out. <laughs> Well, I mean, Penguins Nation, Penguins Nation has it in for Latang for some reason. I never understood yeah. it. No doubt. I mean, that, you know, I mean, hate's a strong word. I think it's just more frustration. I, you yeah. see him, he's like he's out of position, like key moments sometimes. And I don't know if it's just that he's just too amped up about the moment or what it happens to be, but it, uh, and maybe it's just, um, Maybe that's sort of just over exaggerating what happens. Cause, I mean, you know, Kevin right off his plus minus. I mean, was plus seventy eight. I mean, that's that doesn't sound like a bad guy that gets out of position that's a lot. Like you know, I think it just it just happens to be in those key moments, and that's why it gets amplified so much. Sounds like he's a well, guy on the ice with Crosby. <laughs> the way they're playing the game these days, though, it's it's so different. I mean, a, a guy like that, you know, like Chris can play the game, um, you know, and get away with gambling a little bit more. There's, you know, less hooking and dragging and hitting and all of that. You know, I mean, you watch the game now and there's not a lot of personality out there. But, I mean, getting back to Chris, I mean, you know, I mean, if you can skate and handle a puck, you're, you know, 
way ahead of the game. So let, let, let's make this a quick vote. Um, I'm going to go first. I'll take Latang just because of his longevity on the Penguins. He's been there longer than anyone, and he's the leading all-time scorer. Yeah. Brian? Uh, I'm going to go with Larry Murphy. Like I said, just love that consistency. And, um, and you know, he's he was great on offense. He could play, he play good defense, too. So I'll go with Larry Murphy. Paul? I'm actually going to go with Latang. I was leaning towards Gonchar, but he's, you know, Latang's amped up. He's been, like, with the Penguins – like Kevin said, from start to fin- or start to current so far, and Kevin's arguing really put me over the edge because it was so hyper, so aggressive, so angry. So I'm going with Latang because I'm scared of Kevin. If I don't. Kevin, you know, I, the minus fifty for Paul Coffey is shocking to me, but the man put up over 100 points. I think it was three seasons with the Pens. Mm-hmm. So I mean that right there shows offensive ability, and so I'm gonna have to go with Paul Coffey. And Grant, you said you were going with Latang? No, no, I was just no. Oh. I gotta go with my partner, man, my roommate. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, Chris got two. Chris got two votes, right? Yeah, yeah. So Murph's gotta get Murph's getting two votes then. There you go. <laughs> two for Latang, two for Murphy, two for Coffee. You go. The win goes to Murphy because the special guest vote counts as more. So there it is. <laughs> now let's move on to guys who actually know how to play defense. Okay, the defensive defenseman. And uh, let's start this one out with uh, Ulf Samuelson, who uh, came over to the Penguins, the Grant Jennings. So Alfie, believe it or not, is a plus 76. That, that's pretty good for the style that he played. So I was impressed by that. You know, since five seasons with the Penguins. You know, he was the guy that you wanted on your team. But if you were playing against him or your team was playing against him, you hated him. You thought he was dirty. And you didn't want nothing to do with him, but you you just you really wanted him to be traded to your team. That that's who Alfie was. You know, powerful checker. Nickname was Jack Lambert on skates. That's yeah. a great nickname. Um, you know, he did the dirty work in front of the net. He he was assigned to Cam Neely in in the Pittsburgh Penguins Boston Bruins series for going to, for that first Stanley Cup. Totally just destroyed Cam Neely. I thought it was great being a Penguins fan. <laughs> I know Boston fans feel a little differently. But uh, totally dominated him. That set the tone for the rest of the series. And uh, just prolific hitter. Um, Pittsburgh Hockey now ranked him number one Penns agitator of all time. Kasparitis was at four, Kevin, so I'll give him some credit there. Bleacher Report has him as an honorable mention for the five most beloved Penguins and the five toughest Penguins of all time. Um, he's now a coach with the Panthers, so that, you know, he's still in hockey, which is good. And then Pittsburgh Sporting News ranked him as the fourth toughest Penguins player um, of all time. So just great defenseman, scary guy. If you're coming down the ice, you know you're going to get hit um, pretty hard. Maybe not like hit you like you get hit by Kasparitis. Kasparitis always kind of went low, but, you know, Alfie's going to he's going to take your head off. So Grant. You played with him in Hartford. You played with him in Pittsburgh. Tell, tell yeah. us about Alfie. Um, well, Hartford, uh, my first year there, um, Larry Flo put us together. He was my partner. And we uh, uh, got best rookie uh, plus minus that year. And, and Alfie got best plus minus on the team. So he got a big bonus. <laughs> and and then at the end of the year, he came up with a bag of garbage bag and he he gave me part of his bonus because I, you know, I helped him get that. Book. But he gave it to me in five dollar bills. 
but you know, but yeah, we uh, we uh, we played well together, you know, and um, yeah, if you went into his corner, you knew you're going to get hit. Um, open ice hits also, um, you know, he played hard, and that you know, again, they put me with him just you know to kind of look after him a little bit after the play or what you know if he you know had a big hit and then um when we came to pittsburgh you know they we, we split up we were he was playing lefty and i was playing lefty and uh and uh yeah i mean it was a great great addition you know i was glad that you know he came along with you know with me in the trade and uh so i never had to play against him i probably would have tried to take his head off you know but <laughs> if I had to play against him, but but anyways, yeah, he was great defensive defenseman. You know, I mean, I don't know who else is on the list there, but you know, he's got to be on the top of that somewhere. All right, let's move on to uh, Darius Kasparitis. Darius Kasparitis, this guy was an animal. It's funny that you said that uh, about Alf Samuelson. Um, People hated to play against him, but loved to have him on the team. Well, the same thing is said about Kasparitis. Um, Kasparitis was born in 72, Lithuanian defenseman. He was drafted first round, fifth pick overall by the Islanders. Um, so that tells you right there, you know, first round, fifth pick, he's a good defenseman. Four-time Olympian, three-time medalist, won a gold, a silver, and a bronze. Um, in 96, Kasparitis ended up getting traded to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, in 98, Kasparitis made... The hit heard around the world for Pittsburgh fans when he knocked out Eric Lindros, uh, which sad moment, but um, it gave it gave Lindros a concussion, held him out for over a month, I believe it was. Uh, but that that hit sadly turned him into a hero in Pittsburgh with the fans. Um, you know, Pittsburgh didn't like him when he was with New York Islanders. Uh, I mean, how he treated Mario Lemieux in the playoffs in '93. Uh, but Kasparitis played a hard hitting stay-at-home defensive game. And he also played as the instigator as well. Uh, one hockey expert had wrote um, about him uh, saying that he shows an unusual lack of respect and defer deference for established NHL stars. And he was once in Lemieux's face for much of a playoff game in 93, and at one point giving Lemieux a glove in the face. And this really upset Lemieux. Um, and Lemieux actually ended up, you know, like, taking cheap shots, cross-checking him from behind. Uh, little did he know he'd be his his, uh, his teammate in the future. Casparitis said that Lemieux actually never even mentioned, you know, their feuds, um, which which was interesting to me. But he accrued 73 points in six seasons with the Penguins, 661 penalty minutes. Um, that's over 100 minutes a season, uh, which just shows that he's out there bruising and busting people up. He was a plus 37 when he was with the Penguins. Um, he immediately established himself as one of the most hard-hitting body checkers in, in the hockey, in professional hockey. Uh, extremely unpopular with his opponents. Uh, he would leave from encounters, like, when he would go in the corner with people, he'd come out, and he was, like, in a rage. Like, <laughs> the dude was scary when he was on the ice, and you definitely did not want to get hit by him. Um, he was a strong skater, mainly concentrated on the defensive side of the game. He uh, had enthusiasm for the game. He's the kind of player, like you said, they, they hated him when he was on the other team, but loved to have him on their own team. Uh, Ian Moran said that, you know, as a teammate, uh, he was awesome, full of heart. Uh, he definitely um, played on the edge, uh, which is why he, people absolutely hated him. He loved the battle. He also um, was known for one of the greatest plays for Penguins in playoff history, 
He scored the game time or game winning overtime goal, game seven against Buffalo Sabres. Uh, he he beat uh, he beat Dominic Hasek, uh to send us on to the next round. But the man, he, he stayed at home, played defense. He was rough. He got in there, wasn't afraid to clear the front of the net. Very great defensive defenseman. Grant, he mentioned about how he had a little thing going with Mario, going after Mario yeah. quite a bit. Was there talk about maybe somebody taking out Kasparitis there in that, well, that playoff series? Playoff series when we're in that, you know, we're fight series. Can't do that, right? I mean, can't put your play, regular season, yeah. But so, yeah, I mean, I mean, talk. Rick, Rick talking was up front there, you know. But, your, your hands are kind of tied there when it comes to what you can do to, you know, he's just going to bait you into a, taking a penalty. Next thing you know, they're on the power play. Next thing you know, they're scoring a goal. So, but, I mean, you know, he played hard and blah, blah, blah. But I never liked the guy, and I still don't. So he's not getting my vote. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great answer. Max, I love it. I agree with that answer. Anybody that told <laughs> Lemieux like that. Yeah. That, right. that, was his, that was his job, though. Like, that's his job. He, his yeah. job is yeah. to – Go after the stars and get yeah. under their skin and get the yeah. penalty. And he was yeah. great. Mario, yeah, Mario, you know, maybe could have handled it. But I mean, everybody's got a, you know, a, a breaking point or whatever you want to call it. And uh, yeah, it was too bad that Mario actually had to do that. But yeah. anyways, like I said, <laughs> let's move on to Rod Scuderi. All right, Rod Scuderi. Um, this guy was the consummate stay at home defenseman. Uh, he was drafted in 98 by the Pens, spent five. Five, uh, you know, close to full seasons with the team. Uh, he never scored more than 16 points this season, but he was valued for his defensive play so highly that it didn't matter. You know, he was a very important part of the roster. Um, his Penn's teammates, they nicknamed him the piece because, you know, they knew that he was that missing piece of the puzzle for, for the championship. And in 2009, um, you know, he helped them become Stanley Cup champions. In game six of the finals that year, this was a huge moment for Scuderi. He stopped two point-blank shots from Johan Franzen um, on a wide-open net, and that helped us, you know, preserve the win and, you know, against those hated Red Wings again. Um, then there's a, there's a statistic called the defensive point shares, and this statistic is an estimate of the number of points contributed by a player's defense and Scuderi was at 4.5, and he was the team leader in 2009. So that's sort of a measure of how important he was um, defensively. Also, he had 164 blocks that year, uh, which was a team uh, lead as well. Um, and then a few years later, um, you know, the piece went on to the L.A. Kings, and he was the, the missing piece for their championship puzzle in, in 2012. Um, you know, so – you know, by having Scuderi on your team, you could let Latang do his thing or you could let Gonchar do his thing, and you knew you had somebody back there that you could rely on, uh, just to rest assured that, that somebody was going to be back there playing defense. So just like you, Grant, a stay-at-home defenseman, he helped that, you know, Latang. He, he played with Hal Gill for a while too as well. But mm -hmm. you know, how important is it for a guy like a Larry Murphy or Chris Latang to know that they have somebody staying back there to play actual defense? Well, I mean, lets them be, you know, creative or and or, you know, take advantage of uh, an offensive situation when it, when it, you know, presents itself and they don't have to, you know, 
second, you know, second think it or, you know, or, or uh, hesitate, they can just go. So that, you know, it comes with confidence with playing with the guy, you know, after, you know, a few games or a couple months or whatever. And uh, yeah, it helps them a lot for sure. Good. Let's move on to our final defenseman tonight. That's Brian Dumoulin. Hey, Brian's still playing, still crew still going, but he's got a really good start. He's, from what I found, he's kind of an underappreciated player, maybe with the Penguins. He just kind of grinds it out. I couldn't really find anything. I mean, if there's anything negative about him, I'm sure Kevin will bring it up. But I felt like Brian was really symbolic of me. I'm very underappreciated by this entire show. But uh, born 96-91 in Bedford, Maine. He's selected by the Carolina Hurricanes in second round, number 51 of the 2009 draft. Six-foot-four defenseman. I had a really decorated career at Boston College, included an NCAA championship in 10 and 12, two-time All-American, uh, twice named uh, Hockey East 2011-2012, uh, made the 2010 Hockey East All-Rookie Team. He's played over 380 games so far with the Penguins. The big anchor, really, on a, on a start of a great career, he's part of the back-to-back 16-17 championship seasons. And the time I did a lot of the research on him, I mean, he's kind of played with injury. And I think that's what's going on. And I know we'll see if, if Kevin holds that against him with his injury uh, stance. But um, so far, he's got 528 career blocks. There's a plus minus 70 in his career, plus 70. 104 penalties in minutes, 543 hits, 166 takeaways, 204 giveaways. And I did find one piece of excitement in his life, it looks like he scored a game-winning goal once so far with the Penguins. But just to wrap things up, that's Brian Dumoulin. I didn't name any of my children after him. Uh, car <laughs> named a car after him. It was a Pontiac Grand Prix, but now it's a Brian Dumoulin. So, like you mentioned, Dumoulin has played through a lot of injuries in his career. Mm-hmm. I am very impressed with that. Grant, have you played through injuries, and how much do you feel it affects your game when you're out there hurting? Uh, yeah, I played through a lot. I mean, most through most of my, my career, I mean, I had shoulder problems in Hartford. I had surgery after my first year in Hartford. And, you know, that, that once you cut into something like that, it really never goes away. Um, groins, knees, you know, just the way, you know, if I had played like, you know, Doug Jarvis or someone like that that killed penalties or, you know, that you can get away with playing a long career and playing 84 games in the season. But, just the way I played, you know, kind of a little bit reckless once in a while. Um, you know, body tends to uh, balk against playing like that. So, I mean, yeah, I played with a lot of injuries, you know. A little bit of cortisone here and there, you know, shocks, <laughs> freezing. Right. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on to our vote. Kev? I'm going to uh, – I'll keep it short. I'm just I'm going to go with Alfie. Okay. Uh, since we can't vote for our own, I I, I think Skidari is the most sound defenseman uh, that I've probably ever seen as far as, you know, playing defense. So I'm voting Skidari. Brian? I mean, when you think about Alfie, I mean, you think about Pittsburgh and the blue collar thing. And I, I think that's why he was so popular. Um, just kind of brought that attitude, you know, brought that toughness. So, you know, you said it, Jack Lambert on skates. So I, I got to go with Alfie. <laughs> Paul? Yeah, I'm short too here. Uh, Alfie, just the way he played, and he gave uh, our guest a bag of $5 bills. I mean, come on. <laughs> Grant, uh, I'm guessing you're taking Alfie as well? 
Yeah, I'm gonna thank Alfie. Um, you know, he's still a friend. I still talk to him once in a while. I send him some fish once in a while from Alaska. Oh, nice. But uh, yeah, you know, we've been friends for a long time. You know, 35 years. So yeah, awesome. That bag of $5 bills was for this moment now to pay you off to vote for him. <laughs> yeah. There's an by this. This is important. This is an important vote. <laughs> All right. So tonight's winners are Larry Murphy and Alf Samuelson. It doesn't surprise me they come from the 90s Cup teams, but uh, good job, guys. Let's move into our q and I don't ask the first question often, so I'm asking the first question for Grant here tonight. Okay. Boston series in the, f the first Stanley Cup run. You guys go down 2 nothing, losing the first two games in Boston. What's the f attitude on the flight home coming from Boston? And then game three, you guys go up real quick, 2 nothing, score two goals, and then Boston starts pushing hard. Bork gets a goal for Boston. It's 2-1. to one. The next goal in that series is critical. If it's tied, who knows how that series goes. But, no, Grant Jennings comes up big. <laughs> three to one. I don't know what you were doing down there on the crease. That's not where you're normally at. But so oh. just tell me about that, that plane ride, what you guys were thinking and, and tell me about that goal. That, that was a series changing goal. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, the plane ride back, it was kind of like uh, every series that building up to that one. I mean, we would play a couple games against the team, be it Jersey or Washington Capitals. And, you know, we'd be looking around at each other going, we're as good as these guys are better. We can beat these guys. So we didn't panic or anything like that. We knew we were in the games uh, in Boston and we came back, you know, we kind of figured we had to, you know, pull out this win, of course, being down two nothing. And uh, as for that goal, I mean, um, the puck came out to me kind of the, on the point I pinched down and I threw it down to Mario. And of course, everybody just had the blinders towards Mario, all the Boston guys, they all kind of started, and then I looked, and there's this lane opened up, right? And I'm like, well, maybe I should just go down there. So I did. I skated in, and he put it right on my stick, and in, in the pocket or in the net it went. And uh, that turned out to be a game winner and a pretty big goal, yeah. Backhander, too. So that's Yeah, backhander. Nice. ABP on backhander. Nice. Yeah. Kevin. Um, so I just, when you came over in the trade, what was kind of like your feelings about that trade? You know, you're going from the Whalers to, to the Penguins to play with Lemieux and, and Yager. Um, what was kind of like your feelings behind that trade? And, and also, I, I want to know how you felt when you saw Lemieux against the North Stars split the defense with that breakaway. Yeah. So if you can answer both of those for me, well, that'd be awesome. So when before the trade, you know, we were having problems with the coach. I mean, you know, he called me in his office and, you know, you know, I'm not going to say what he's saying, but, you know, making you feel like not the best player, blah, blah, blah. So I kind of figured I was going to be getting traded, you know, by the deadline. I didn't know where or anything, but um, leading. And then, you know, EJ called me that night and said, uh, you're going to the Penguins. And I said, okay, great. You know, I just want to get the hell out of there. And uh, he goes, there's other players in the, in the uh, trade. Well, you'll know tomorrow. I said, okay. He goes, be at the airport at 6 a.m. Because we had a game against uh, the – the Canucks, uh, Pittsburgh, that night, next night. And uh, so I went to the airport in the morning, and um, and then I was waiting, you know, sitting in the uh, the gate area, and all of a sudden here comes uh, Alfie and Ronnie. And I'm like, I was thinking, did, 
did you know? Did Hartford have a road trip this today? I mean, I was like, what, why are they at the airport, right? So anyway, you know, all worked out. We ended up going to Pittsburgh, and then we walk in the locker room, you know, and everybody's kind of looking at us. It's like walking into a, you know, the new classroom when you're in second grade in a new town, right? You know, it's like you're kind of shy, and everybody's just sizing you up. And and then once we played the game, of course, I scored a goal the first night I was there. <laughs> accidentally or whatever it was but <laughs> but uh but um you know once we when they saw us play and they, you know they you know we were like kind of that missing puzzle that they were looking for and then and then we took off from there now uh what was your second question the lemieux goal against the north stars when he split the d oh, and yeah right what was that be there well, yeah, I mean that was pretty amazing to watch. I mean, you still watch it. It's, it's. I, I feel sorry for uh, Chambers. You know, he got lit up there. Uh, I can't remember his first name, but, but I mean, we used to see Mario, you know, try that stuff in practice. You know, a lot that you guys wouldn't see a lot of the things that he would try in practice, stuff like that. But when he did it in the game, you know, it was pretty impressive. You know, for sure. Oh. Well, is there ever a person, like a rivalry or somebody you'd mark on the calendar and be like, oh, my God, here we go again with this. I was going down memory lane with some of your playing days, and I saw Bob Probert antagonizing you there, and uh, finally it looked like you got to the point where you had to fulfill the duty and just beat his ass. And who else? <laughs> was, was that your rivalry, or is there another name I'm not thinking about? Um, I – I'd say more. Uh, I had a disliking for uh, Ty Domi, and then you know I did. We were in winter in Winnipeg there, hockey day in Canada. Hockey day in Canada. It was a Sunday out playing for the Penguins, and Alfie had just finished giving him a little uh, spear, I guess, in the mid area uh, a couple shifts before. So Ty was losing his mind. But anyway, next time Alfie was out there off the bench, come uh, Ty Domi and. Uh, so Alfie came back to the bench, and, of course, they said, Jenner, get out there. So I went out, and he met the same kind of – that's on YouTube for also. I they, I beat him up pretty bad. But three weeks later, we both got traded to Toronto, so we were teammates <laughs> after that. So, so we were buddies. But, um, you know, I never, I never hated anybody, really, you know. I mean, you know, I, I mean, uh, there's a lot of dislikes, you know, but – I mean, I never took it to that level where I was hating somebody because they're, you know, being a dick on the ice. I mean, I would just usually take care of it the next time we played against them, right? But so, yeah. Brian. Oh, Grant, you, you spent a large chunk of your career uh, with Ron Francis, uh, both in, in Harvard yeah. and, in, and in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. So what can you tell us about Ron Francis, you know, as a teammate and, and as a man in general? Well, yeah, I mean, when we were in, in Hartford, you know, he was the captain and, uh, you know, stand-up guy, you know, family guy, you know, straight shooter and best two-way forward in, you know, in the game, best two-way center, you know, winning draws, back back checking, you know, he's always in the right place at the right time. And, um, you know, we got traded to Pittsburgh, you know, he just – picked up where he left off. I mean, before the trade, you know, he was kind of having problems with the coach also. I mean, they took his captaincy away. You know, I mean, he'd been the, he'd been the you know, he'd been the franchise player since he got drafted there first over, first round, right? And the coach there, uh, you know, Ricky Lee, he, they, you know, they got into it or whatever, and then they took his captaincy away. So when he got traded 
away. I mean, it was more harder harder on him coming, you know, his wife was from there and Hartford. And, but, you know, I mean, once we started winning, of course, we forgot all about that. And uh, But now, I mean, you know, look where he's at now. I mean, he's building a team there in Seattle. And, you know, I saw an interview with him yesterday. And, uh, you know, he's still the same guy, a little, little grayer hair. But, you know, he's smart, smart as a whip. And, uh, you know, I'm sure he'll do well there for sure. I know you're at work. Do you have time for one more from each of us? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm uh, I'm like I'm done work. I'm just <laughs> okay. Sitting perfect. Here. Uh, I don't know what time is it. It's like nine fifty three for us, but I know it's you're it's only it's six, six o'clock here, so it's not bad. Okay. It's dinner time coming up here, but, but I I I don't need any more food than I already had today. So <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I, I, up here. Nice. I saw that you played in a Penguins alumni game. Is is, is that something you yeah. were hoping to continue doing? And uh, when you get out there, like, how, how do you feel on the skates? Well, that game, yeah, there was 20,000 people there. Bobby Clark played and Bill Barber, and then they had the, the Redberg, Lindros, and LeClaire line out there. And that, that was a lot oh. of fun. Wow. I mean, that, yeah, I mean, it's, it was a pretty amazing to get back out there and, you know, Pittsburgh Penguins, they took care of us with the equipment and all that. And I came back and, <clears throat> you know, I was in not bad shape. So I had a lot of fun out there, but then last about two weeks ago, I was out in the ice playing on a, <clears throat> a high school alumni tournament in, in Anchorage. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, there was like, I was sitting beside some uh, college, college kids played division one on my team. And I said, how old are you guys? 23 and I'm like oh really so I was out there against these playing against these kids and um, I didn't feel too well out there I was a little slower than I wanted to be so <clears throat> I am gonna start playing a little more just in case I get the get the call again yeah. for uh, more <laughs> alumni games which I mean it would have been great but then you know this COVID thing is like took care of all of that I mean I don't know we're you know this is our 30 year anniversary or reunion year I mean, like at 10 years, we had, you know, reunion uh, for the cup, 20 year, and then now we're at 30 years. So what's going to happen? I don't know. We'll see. Maybe in August, they'll have us back to Pittsburgh. I hope so. I mean, you know, it's, it's always time to see. Maybe they'll do a two-in-one. Maybe they'll do a two-in-one, like, for the, the, the next cup year, because you guys won two years in a row, so who knows? Well, yeah, but that's the thing. We get to do it, like, this year, and then we get to do it next year, right? <laughs> True. But uh, it's always nice seeing those guys. You seeing who's got who's hair, got hair. Oh, and uh, <laughs> who does, who's gained a few pounds, or whatever. Brian, go ahead. Um, the game, game six of, of the Stanley Cup final against the North Stars. I mean, obviously that game was really lopsided, eight nothing, and, and really that game kind of felt like it took forever to get over with. We, I mean, as fans, we had so much anticipation. What was it like on the, you know, on the bench and on the ice well, during that game? I'll tell you what. So, game before that, I uh, ran into uh, um, Mike Madonna and I separated my shoulder. So. Game six comes along. We're in Minnesota, and Badger comes up to me, and they got the needles on the training table. And uh, he's like, I don't want you playing tonight, Jenny. He goes, I want you for game seven. He goes, I, I need you for game seven. And I'm like, yeah, but, you know, you as a player, you know, you played the whole, ser you know, playoffs and, you know, just being a hockey player, you're not going to, you know, I said, no, no. I said, I'm going to play. He goes, no. He goes, 
So they so they kept me out game six. They put Jimmy Pack in there, and I was in the stands with you. It's <laughs> all kind of thing, you know. I mean, you know, I, you know, it's nothing I can do about it. No, I regret it, but you know, I mean, it got, Jimmy got into the, you know, into playing a game, and so you know, he actually scored a goal that game. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Look, the seventh goal. Again. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> You know, it, it was bittersweet, but you know, um, um, you know, I got, I know I contributed, blah blah blah. So, so yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Is there a good story why you're in Alaska working on planes after uh, being born in Canada and playing all over the U.S.? Is that what something you wanted to do or vision for yourself, or how'd you get there? Um, I don't know your background. You look like you're in Alaska. Let's put up. I'm right behind you. <laughs> um, yeah, right. Um, well, my 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 dad was a, a, a pilot, you know, a bush pilot, uh, game warden, conservation officer. So I used to go flying with him. And then when I was actually playing in Pittsburgh, um, after we won the cups there, I started flying again, flying myself. I was going to be a pilot, but um, you know, that just they got to put so many hours in and stuff like mm -hmm. that. So then I ended up going to. Pittsburgh Institute Aeronautics. I'm going to be coming mechanic, and uh, I got a degree there, an associate degree. And long story short, I had nine nine eleven happened, and I was working in Pittsburgh for US Airways, playing on the alumni team. And but then nine eleven happened, and I got laid off. So that's how I ended up in Alaska. So now I'm um, fixing uh, airplanes for an oil company, and life's good. I get two weeks off every month, kind of like a hockey season, pretty much. I, I work six months and. I get six months off, so. And you get to go out with beer for beers and pizza still, probably with some of the other guys, huh? Still. <laughs> well, in town, well, so when I'm working up here two weeks, there's uh, none of that. It's just work. Ah. So, so I make up for it though when I get off for two weeks. Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you another two-parter. Sorry, but um, so first, first question. Badger Bob, he, he passes away, sadly, after you guys win the Cup. Um, and then you got Scotty Bowman, an, another great coach, coming mm -hmm. in after. Kind of what was that like transitioning to Scotty Bowman and how did the guys feel about everything? And then the second question, I'm just curious, what did you do with your days with the Cup? You know, you, you get those – you get like oh. a day with the Stanley Cup. What did you do on your days with the Cup? Well, uh, first question, well, with Badger, yeah, I mean – he uh, got the stroke there in um, in the in the summer, and so that was that was tough. I mean, we had a, a like a like a Zoom call to him. He was in um, Colorado there with uh, his wife, and so we got to say something to him a little bit. And uh, so what I said to him was, I just said, "Hey, Badger, everything's good here." I said, "I'm still practicing as hard as ever," and I guess he kind of chuckled a little bit because when when he was there coaching me like he always used to come up to me after practice he goes hey Jenny you gonna come ride the bike with me today and I'm like no I'm going to, you know I'm going I'm going to have beer and wings right or whatever <laughs> but so he would always come and, and I'd go ride the bike with Badger you know just because he wanted to get me in better shape you know he, he knew better than I did of course but uh, but yeah so then they brought Scotty in in the camp we were out in uh, we were out in Denver? We were out in Colorado. Yeah, so 
going for Badger, you know, he was always upbeat and, and um, you know, and he had his own way of coaching. And then going to Scotty, Scotty was more methodical and, you know, less personality. And so that was a transition. Yeah, we, you know, we had, we had a little, you know, we had all, all had our ends with Scotty at the beginning, you know. I mean, he, he had to kind of get with the times also, you know. It wasn't like he was back a bunch of bell, you know, so. But, you know, it, it worked. You know, he was like. Scotty was one of the best, you know, bench coaches, uh, you know, that ever coached. I mean, he's like a, he's like a grand chess, uh, chess grandmaster, you know. I mean, so yeah. And well, then, oh, good, yeah. My, my days with the cup. Well, so the first year, um, I went back to Canada and uh, was building a house, and that year everybody was passing the cup around in Pittsburgh. I could never get it. So then the second year, we won it. Um, I, I booked it for, um, I would get, I got married, my first ex-wife, <laughs> um, and, and I booked it for that weekend, so then just before it was supposed to show up, Craig Patrick calls me and told me, he goes, Grant, we're sending it out for engraving, so I've never gotten it for a day, I'm still, I'm, so I'm working though, I'm working with uh, um, Lanny McDonald, he's the chairman of the Hall of Fame now. And uh, I had talked to him about that. Um, actually, with Humble Bronco, uh, the bus memorial thing we had, uh, Saskatoon, the NHL had stuff there. And, and uh, uh, I played for the Broncos, actually, back in 82. But um, I talked to him about getting the cup for a day. So they're working on it still. <laughs> I hope that happens for you. Thank yeah. you so much for joining us tonight. We appreciate that. Uh, Former Penguin Cup winner. That's just that's just awesome. Thank you for your time. Yeah. So, and oh, go ahead. Where are you guys? Where are you guys at? Where are you from? Well, we, I, we all were born in the Pittsburgh area, but right. uh, I live in uh, the Tampa area now. Oh, okay. We all live in Tampa area. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> Somehow we well, all were born in the I same place and ended up in the same place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully, I, I might make it down there for a playoff game. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. Nice. I mean, it's, you know, it'd be nice to get down there, but. Hey, if you want to go for beer and pizza, hit us up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. in Tampa? Yeah. Oh, in Tampa or, uh, well, and then there's Joel and uh, Wolf, you're over in Fort Lauderdale, eh? Yeah, that's the other uh, yeah. coast, but it's only three hours away, so. Yeah, right. All right, well, I'll uh, keep that in mind. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thank you for Great joining us. You. Okay, thank guys. You. Thank anytime. you for watching, everybody. Hey, thank you. Have a good night.